Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I got home. I was in Africa for two months. I got back and I was watching this documentary and um, I'm looking at it going, are you kidding me? This is nothing that I scripted out, wrote, discussed. We filmed everything other than this. And this is how they edited it out. And I was just sitting there with my you know, hands over my head going, oh my God, this is horrible. And tried to fix it in the last hour because I was submitting it to Sundance Film Festival. And it, it you know, it got uh, reviewed for Sundance, but it wasn't put into the festival. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Peter. Now, I'm often trying to bring on people who show you as an audience that you are limitless. I think we live in a world that likes to make us feel limited, whether that be from our parents wittingly on wittingly or schools wittingly on wittingly. And Peter is an individual who found adventure early on and goes to the beat of his own drum. Now, you might not want to be a pilot like him, but I, I feel like you can take on his attitude to life. If you apply it to your, your goals. I do really feel like most of us are multi-passionate and a lot of us dull some of our personal passion. So I hope that as you're uncovering Peter's story and you, 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 know, you, you get into a lot of his work in, in the arts and, and just in life in general, you start to tap into yourself and, and ask yourself how you can be limitless today. So go into this episode with that attitude and enjoy. Welcome everyone to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Peter Zaccanino. And we have an aviation hall of famer and four-time air racing gold champion with us. Peter likes to live on the edge and is, he's a living example of what it takes to be a true leader. He's flown over 23,000 hours in more than 270 aircraft types, flight tested over 685, and even built three of his own. Peter's company, High Performance Aircraft Group, manages several corporate jets, provides his clients with custom-tailored, high-intensity world tours, and performs flight test services for several manufacturers, including U.S. and foreign militaries. As you can imagine, he's had a lifetime of experiences, and that is evidenced by his producer role with multiple Discovery Channel productions. And he starred, we have a movie star here, he starred <laughs> in the lead role in the Dangerous Flights series. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tyle. I'm looking forward to our chat. I'm looking forward to it. This looks like it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's we're going to be speeding through uh, <laughs> a lot of your amazing experiences, but I got to start. I got to start with this. I, we're going to get to your book. We're going to get to your, your, your series and we're going to get to the flight, uh, your flights that you've taken. 
But I'm very curious what you thought of yourself when you were younger. Did you think you were going to be doing what you're doing right now? No, I, I, the one thing that's been common thread for me since I was a kid, um, it was aviation and it's had its, it's uh, U-turns, it's had its little crosses in the road. But as far as I can remember, I wanted to design, build and fly airplanes. And there was really no one that in my you know, family that was in aviation, that flew, that was an engineer, nothing. So that's why I went to engineering school, aeronautical engineering school. That's why I learned how to work on airplanes and build airplanes and, of course, learning how to fly them. And um, I really don't have anything to point my finger at and say, this is why, but it, it goes back a long way. Now, the curves in the road, would, I would never have predicted those, you know, and all the circuitous, non-standard, weird career paths I've been on, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's so interesting because you knew that planes were – know, a passion of yours, and you figured out that the path to that was engineering. And then here you are. Here you are in, in this interesting world. With this world that you've built, though, the, the world where you are now, you know, producing all these uh, shows and, and, you know, starring in, in you know, a series called Dangerous Flights, what exactly is dangerous about the job you're doing? Because I'm looking <laughs> through your bio, you've been held at gunpoint, uh, you've been detained. <laughs> you've been bribed what is happening in your life why are you in consistently dangerous positions <laughs> well i believe in living the adventure not watching it on the internet and um i also am a big believer that the adventure isn't some you know, adrenaline rush look how cool i am everyone and i'm gonna take a selfie of it right it, yeah. it's really just the exploration of the things that challenge you and finding the courage to persevere so that's a long-winded answer of, you know, crossing the Atlantic in an airplane, depending on the airplane, has levels of intensity because of weather mm -hmm. and other things and definitely specific to the aircraft type. But then when you get into foreign countries and you really understand what's happening and potentially happening to yourself, uh, you need to be creative in how you're going to solve the problems. And um, But it's, a, it's just a genuine path in life as opposed to, hanging out on a computer and watching life go by, I guess, you know, and I'm a big metaphysics person. I like to ask the question why it resonates with me and, uh, and not just why are you eating spaghetti tonight, but you know, why do you like spaghetti? You know, what yeah. is it, what's appealing about spaghetti, you know, silly example, but, but getting into the whys of it and seeing the world as a part of that. Being present, if you will. Uh, it yeah, sounds like you're absolutely. saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I like that it's being used in present day, but um, it, it certainly is an aspect of, uh, you know, not watching the major news outlets to learn about various parts of Africa, the Middle East, Asia, but really getting into it. And that doesn't mean hanging out at, you know, a name brand hotel and chilling at the bar. You know, there's a lot more to it than that. So what would you say you've learned about yourself while you've been traveling? Uh, what genuinely scares me, um, I it's just like air racing for me. To me, it's not a, um, a rush per se. It's, it's very Zen. And, um, I've had people, I don't want to sound self-aggrandizing, but I've people make comments are like, dude, you're, you're way too chill for what just happened. I'm like, I'm focused on what I'm doing and I'm focused on the task and you have to shut down the rest of the world during that. And, um, so I've learned that I, I'm, I'm a pretty calm person. Um, facing challenges, you know, 
being held at gunpoint in Pakistan, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, it, but that's why I'm asking when you learn about yourself, because I do want you to dive into those stories. You know, what was it like to be held? What were the circumstances first of all that led to you being held at gunpoint? But well, what was this it like? is one of my, yeah, th- it's one of my favorite stories to share. And uh, so I, we were driving, it was four in the morning. I had a, um, a native driver and we're cruising along and we hit a checkpoint, which is very common in these places and their military checkpoints. So we get stopped and um, gets out of the car. The guns are being pointed at us, you know, the whole deal. Why are you here at 4 a.m.? And who's this guy? Because he doesn't fit into the scene here. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm just hanging out and they take the driver away. And I'm like asking questions. And and the the head guy with the most stripes on his arm, he uh, he didn't he didn't answer much. And I think part of it was language barrier. So some time goes by and, and he's clearly flexing his muscles and yelling at his uh, subordinates. And, you know, here we are at, in the middle of the night with all this shenanigans, still <laughs> no driver. And uh, so I said to him, I motioned towards my pocket. I had this little back then, you know, Sony camera in my pocket. I said, can I take a picture? And he's like yelling at me. I'm like, no, 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 of you. And he goes, what? And I'm like, care. So I, I bring him next to me and, um, you know, we're not arm in arm, but we're clearly a lot cozier than 15 minutes ago. And, uh, and I'm taking a selfie of he and I with his gun and everything else. And I'm like, Hey, let me, let me hold your gun. And he's looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm like, no, I just want to hold the gun for the picture. And this is all in like five words of English. And he's like, no, dude, that's not going to work. And, uh, and he's yelling again. I'm like, no, no, just for the picture. I'm kept pointing at the camera. And he goes, okay, and I'm holding his gun. He then gets his subordinate to take a picture of he and I with the two guns now and uh, taking a picture at gunpoint here. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe he gave you the gun. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. That, yeah, you learn to figure out if those weapons are loaded or not. It wasn't, you know, which is very common. And uh, it's just a tactic they use. And so then the driver comes back and the driver's like, yeah, we're going to prison. Everybody's going to shoot us and it's going to be, Midnight Express, that old movie and this and that. And then I'm like, hey, we're free to go. Let's go. And he's looking at me like, what just happened? I'm like, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then the, the head guy with the most stripes in the arm, he's, he just looks at him and starts yelling at him again in uh, Urdu. And off we went. <laughs> that was the end of that scene. <laughs> wow. You, you certainly calm under pressure. That's, <laughs> that's something I'm I, I, I don't know what made me ask him to take a picture. It just seemed like a good way to diffuse the problem. And it, and it just said, hey, I respect you and I appreciate it. Let's just move this along. And I don't know, it worked. <laughs> Sounds like you, you humanized him and you connected in, in, yeah. in a tense moment. But OK, so speaking of, you know, leadership and humanizing and connecting with people, obviously you have a book. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's an interesting book. And, you know, and, and I'm very curious if you could invite us into why you wrote your book and how it teaches us about leadership. Sure. So, you know, it comes back to an earlier question that I just glanced an answer on, but I think the biggest thing as a citizen of the world is finding the common ground between people that have different um, cultural backgrounds. Yes. And um, I think it's lost. I think we're in a current state of proving right and wrong. We're right. You're wrong. They're right. I'm wrong. All this crap. And um and it's not about being right and wrong because there's always two perspectives and they're always different, right? Yeah. And so it, it, the perspectives aren't important. It's where that Venn diagram overlaps and where that Venn diagram overlaps with people 
is what's important. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in the Middle East, for example, and, you know, I've lived in Turkey, I've lived in Spain, I've lived in Colombia and all these other hotspots. And, um, you know, in the Middle East, there's a lot that's unknown, both good and bad. And that's true of any place. You know, there's good and bad that's known and unknown. And their report was set, what, you know, gets media sales, let's be honest. And uh, so if you strip away that agenda and really talk about things, um, there are bad things that need to be talked about. And there's a ton of good things that need to be talked about. And so, yeah, this is a military spy thriller. Um, it's uh, the first book in the series, Relevant, is based on a CIA asset. He's developed by the CIA and he runs around the world um, chasing bad guys. But he's, he's a pretty intelligent guy and he knows his history and he has made it his um, vocation to learn the facts. And he has led that way and he leads his people that way with understanding you know, he says, hey, we got to do bad things to bad guys, but we need to understand why and, and really come to terms with ourselves because we're doing this for a short period in life and we don't want to have this change us in a negative way. Mm. And so if you do these bad things to bad guys, for example, um, you better understand the why of it and be able to leave it there when you go home, wherever home is. doesn't matter where home is, right? Home's in the heart. And... Uh, so the book is a narrative. Um, it's a spy thriller. Um, but throughout it is a lot of historical points, philosophical points that are made in the conversations. And my perspective was, I want to tell the story, but I also wanted people to just genuinely ask the question, why about something? Yeah. And uh, if you did that once a day, how much growth you would have as a person. And it's got to be a genuine why, you know, back to the spaghetti example, right? It can't just be, I like the taste of spaghetti. Well, that's not an answer, right? Um, that's the eight-year-old kid that just doesn't want to talk to you. And, yeah. uh, but if you really dive into why that eight-year-old kid likes the spaghetti, you know, there's growth opportunity there. And so if you ask that question, why, once a day, it doesn't mean challenging. It's just understanding, I think, is more important. And that, that was a theme in the book. And if one in a thousand people read it and get that out of it, I've made an impact, you know, and that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, I often say asking the right questions can uh, can save your life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can tell you another ten thousand stories about that truth. <laughs> I, know. I know, right? When you ask yourself the right questions, or even asking questions as as an interviewer, it's always interesting and fascinating for me. Uh, just the self discovery that can come about from that. And uh, yep. it sounds like you're taking us through that journey. Oh yeah. So, okay. so I I love books like this. I'm uh, I'm an avid reader. Cool. Is this like Jack Ryan? Um. There's, I don't know. There's similarities. There's yeah. definitely similarities, right? I mean, okay. in my dream world, the series gets picked up and made into a Jack Ryan series or a movie series. I mean, that's my dream world. And it's my hey. dream world because I, I, I'm enjoying the process. I mean, I'm an engineer, a test pilot, and a racer. Heck, what do they have to do with writing a book, right? And, <laughs> but it was a new challenge. And I, you know, I really enjoyed it. So is it in that genre? Absolutely, Tyo. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm, I'm hoping you get you definitely get there because there are multiple things I wanted to talk to you about today. And, and the, yeah. the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was that uh, television world. Uh, it's not only for selfish reasons, because I do have dreams to show run a bunch of shows. But I'm very curious about that process, the creative process where you you find a partner like Discovery Channel in, produ in productions. What do you do? do? You approach them and say, I'm a test pilot uh, racer and I have idea or... 
do you find connections and then do you write a whole pitch? What's the process like? Boy, I've tried everything under the sun. I'm not sure which, which is correct. <laughs> hey, you were successful though. That is, well, and <laughs> I don't know that yet, but we're trying. I mean, you know, cause they came to me cause I, I've flown so many different types of airplanes and I know that was a big factor. And I guess they felt in the Skype interview, I could, you know, be on camera and not look like a schmuck, you know? And, um, and so I originally told them no. And then they came back and, um, he basically said to me, you, you won't regret doing it. He, he tried to sell me with the whole, you're going to be famous in Times Square thing. And I was like, yeah, bro, I don't think that's the reality. You know, I'm not uh, bored yesterday. And he's like, all right, I won't use that. And he was really cool. He was a cool guy. Yeah. And he said, but I, I, I guarantee you won't regret it. And he was right. I didn't. Um, you know, part of success is the financial side. Part of success is the individually rewarding aspect. And I've always said this, you know, challenging yourself to explore something that you've never done. And what it did do for me when they had me, you know, in a role and, and, and uh, the fans liked it, it said to me, well, why don't we produce a documentary on air racing that um, I've been thinking about and had no idea what to do. And, and so we did. And I was actually in Africa when the editors were finishing it. And it was terrible. I got home. I was in Africa for two months. I got back and I was watching this documentary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And um, I'm looking at it going... Are you kidding me? This is nothing that I scripted out, wrote, discussed. We filmed everything other than this. And this is how they edited it out. And I was just sitting there with my you know, hands over my head going, oh, my God, this is horrible. And tried to fix it in the last hour because I was submitting it to Sundance Film Festival. And it, it you know, it got uh, reviewed for Sundance, but it wasn't put into the festival. And uh you know, so I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't want to misrepresent that, you know, it's all been glorious. Well, glorious, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like it's had its challenges. Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist. And it's a resource of... Things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself to work through your individual journey to become a better culturally competent leader. It's called UID Collective and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of courses. It's a mix of resources, things you can download. And all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out. Use it with your friends. Use it with your family. Use it with yourself. 
Okay, the link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective, and it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode, which is the, which is one reason I was asking because for anything to make it on TV, I don't know that a lot of us, you know, understand the process behind the scenes. You know, sometimes right. it's years in production, and like you said, their financial uh, implications as well. And so, and sometimes investors come and they want to make their money back, and then you have COVID and you have channels really? competing for attention. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Okay. I still believe you're going to be successful though. Cause I think now you have two vehicles for this. So you could continue to, to get this uh, more eyeballs, but you also have your book relevant, which is a series. Right. Um, and, and that can be turned into multiple, you know, franchises. So, yeah, I, I think so. Second book's yeah. out. Third book's halfway done. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you, you're very much someone though, that doesn't, uh, feel confined to one thing in fact you your life experiences and your lived experiences have been evidenced by the you know the, the way you've lived your life I, i'm very curious about this though how did you sell a 50 million dollar private jet you're an <laughs> mlb owner and for those that don't know what mlb that's major league baseball yeah you know it was um it was just a little bit of luck um but of course we make our own luck you make yourself available um and it was it wasn't that hard. That was actually an easier task because I I know aviation and I know the market, and I know how to buy a plane correctly as the mm. best way to put it. Um, you know, you can go into a, a dealership and buy a car and walk out with a decent car and on your way home. But you know, there's the insurance. Should you accept the warranty? There's so many ins and outs just for a car. And uh, with aircraft, you know, that's times a hundred. And, and these people are just like you and I, they're not, they just, most of them know they got lucky somehow. Um, <laughs> lucky by birth, lucky by good decision-making, um, you know, et cetera. And next thing you know, they can afford a jet. And I talked to him like you and I are talking, which he really appreciated instead of, you know, pumping them up in a BS chain of sales pitches. Cause I'm not like that. I'm the worst sales guy in the world. And, um, uh, he just appreciated that. And he said, okay, let's get a jet. And so we did bought the jet for him, set it up and he's off and running, you know, he's now retired. So I don't, can't, you can't name people in this world, you know, that, that privacy is sacred, but uh, he is retired and, um, but good guy, good guy. Okay. Okay. And so when you sell a jet for someone, do you, are you the owner of the jet or like, what are you? No, 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 no. What we do. So um, your movie series hits it big and you're now worth a lot of money. Right. And um, you're like, I am super busy and I need to save time. And that's the biggest thing people see in a private jet is the time savings. Most of them are not about looking like a, a badass or something. They're just like, I'm trying to get home for dinner with my family. I mean, literally. And so um, they get a hold of us. Most, most of it's word of mouth, honestly. We do very little advertising for that part of my, my business. And um, they get a hold of us and we sit down and determine what type of jet to acquire for them. What's their mission? And we go through the whole process in that. And so we're basically an acquisition broker. Uh, um, and we, yep. And we go out and navigate them through the ins and outs of it. Cause it's a pain and, uh, and we're good at it. We know, we know how to do it. We're, we're in the middle of one right now and we're trying to close it before the year's end. <laughs> Yeah. It sounds yeah. like, yeah. Sounds yeah. like high stakes. Uh, yeah. but okay. 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 All right. No, I was, I was just curious about that because it's one of those things where you, you see it 
and you're yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I'm sure obviously there are you know multiple lived experiences that you've you've had, but that's yeah, that's why it's just, it's important to explain it. I don't want anybody to take publicist writings and you know misconstrue them. That always concerns me. You know, I rather. Uh, I'd rather go the other way and say nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so with where you are right now in life, where, yeah. where you are in, you know, seeing the world, what is it that you hope people understand about the world we live in today? About the world. Um, yeah, what I want them to understand, hoping it's not going to make it happen, right? And so... I've always felt that I'm a bass, I'm an ambassador for the world from the world. And what I mean by that, if I'm in, you know, the DRC in Western Africa and hanging out with a bunch of guys with machine guns, it's an opportunity for them to learn something from me that they definitely don't know. Mm. And so spreading some message of positivity that you don't have to have a regime change every 13 months. And, um, you know, kids on drugs is not a good thing and not preaching it though. You just have to find a empathic understanding. And if you understand why those guys in the DRC are following a bad guy and you understand that philosophically, you'll have a, you know, a chance to give them a thought process that may stop them from the, the the cycle that occurs in a, negative environment like that you may give them some philosophical insight like well why did you do this and how come and well i understand why all right so now let's circle back is would you do that again and you get different reactions from that Hmm. and if you could give that challenge to all of the negative things going on and then also with the positive things you can get the world to a common ground and the common ground is we're all humans just trying to make a buck and live to 80, you know? And uh, when you look at Africa, for example, there's very little people there living to 80, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, well, why, why do they not understand that? And I'm not here to impart understanding. I'm just here to empathize with their situation and why they are not given the opportunity to understand. That's a bigger difference. It's a lot of words I know, but that empathy of why they don't understand gives them an opportunity to see from a different perspective. Interesting. So you, you, in your experience, you know, navigating uh, errors with corruption, uh, corrupt governments, you you feel like if empathy was more the, the currency that there'll be more solutions. I think it's, um, I think it's one of the pillars to success. Hmm. Um, It can't stand alone because empathy doesn't feed a a kid and empathy doesn't educate. I'm a big believer in education. And that doesn't mean Harvard graduates. That means education on a a human being, human education. And some of that is in traditional education. Some of it's not. Um, But that education process is another one of those pillars. And um, uh, a big one, in my opinion, is self-esteem. Confidence is thrown around a little too much, in my opinion. Um, cause you're not going to teach someone in the Maasai confidence, um, when they're just trying to get some food, right? Yeah. yeah. You're not, that's not going to happen. That that's arrogance. Um, and that's trying to impose 
a different perspective that they're not going to see. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But if you teach them that taking their, um, you know, their goats or, or cattle all over the place, eating every last bit of grass is not the solution and keeping them more centralized is a better solution than you actually can, can uh, recover uh, damaged crop areas. That is a perspective they can learn and then grow from. So that is a part of it. You know, empathy is in that. You understand why they're taking their animals all over the place because they just think they got to eat and they got to go find some new place to eat and then it's devastated, right? Yeah. It doesn't help the cause though. But that's understanding, that's empathy, and that's giving them a different perspective. Hmm. Well, yeah, you obviously have gained perspective in multiple ways and it's turned into a life of service for you. Uh, I can see that you have, uh, you, you have an organization called wounded warriors. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you started that and the focus? No, 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 no. That's not, that's not me. We're just a supporter. Well, <laughs> why do you support wounded warriors? Um, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what a warrior does and, and what happens when they come home and they need some proper support and they need some, uh, guidance and they need a lot of empathy. Uh, there's jaded perspectives out there on both sides of the camp. And it doesn't mean anything to the person that spent two years in a bad place. Now they're coming home to, to you know, live their next 40 years normal. And, and again, it's given them uh, some guidance and some support to navigate what it's like to return. And uh, so anytime we can support that cause, that's, um, you know, that's important for me because they're, they're misunderstood. Um, it's a cliche statement, but they really are. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> I can, obviously it's, it's always, uh, interesting for me seeing how people discover themselves yeah. and, uh, and, and I can tell that you are constantly in this, you know, lifetime of experience where you are learning so much about who you are, but you're, you're also finding a way to pass it on and empower others. And, and I think that balance is, is usually what life is about. I, I think life is about uh, who, you, you know, knowing who you are and going from who you are to who you want to be. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 well, I just love seeing that. So. Yeah. And who you want to be is going to change, right? It is. That's, that's a thread that's in your other um, podcasts is people say you ch change in the future. And um, which is a cyclical event because you don't know what the future is. So you don't know what the change is going to be. And there's the big surprise. And a lot of people resist that change and that makes them frustrated and, and in, unable to advance themselves because they're fighting that change, but it, it's inevitable. You can't help it. It is and, inevitable. Uh, you know, yeah. just, you just flow with it. Stop fighting it so much. Right. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yes. 100%. Well, what is next for you, sir? Um, kind of focused on the books right now and, um, that effort and, um, the second book I think was, uh, I was, you know, sharpening the sword. I was getting better at the skills and, uh, and now the pressure's on to make the third book better than the second book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How can we get the books? Where can we, where can we get the books? The easiest way is on Amazon. Um, that's the simplest way relevant but, you know, with my author name will pop right up. And, um, the new cold war is the second book and also the easiest way is on Amazon. Both have, uh, Links on our website. You can see pcaviators.com and that'll get them there. 
and uh, just send me a harassing email. I'll make sure it happens. That's all right. <laughs> well, <gonna> be harassed. <laughs> I'll make sure to, uh, to, to include that in the show notes, but I, I, I always like to, before I ask my final question, I always like to, you know, leave the guests with any opportunity for them to share something they haven't shared before. And so if there's anything you're looking for, or you, you just wish you could say, get off your chest. Uh, what is that? No, I, I, uh, that would be too introspective. Um, too introspective. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'd rather, I want to know where the title of your podcast came from. Okay. Um, it was, you know, when I say, you know, remember when I said to you, life is about asking the right questions and this was uh, 2014. I, I determined that I was going to start a podcast. I was listening to enough and I really was just fascinated by the idea of, you know, why we live in a, you know, world that is consistently uh, filled with so many people and so many gifts, but people don't have uh, the ability sometimes to see past the differences. And so I, I was just thinking about my experience and I thought, you know, in a sense, I've been a nomad. <laughs> and what if we embrace a nomadic mindset? Then we just, I just sort of brought people from different parts of the world and we talked about the gold mindset. And so I was like, oh yeah, as told by nomads. It was, that was what it was. Yeah, I like it. I like the nomadic concept overall, but yeah, yeah. All right, one last question for you. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Um, what would I do that would make you better? You know what? For me, I'm, an, I'm a learner, right? I, I go through 100 books a year at least. And so for me, if you can continue to expand my lived experiences through your stories. Yeah. Yes. That would be, I like being transported into worlds. Uh, you know, something I've been since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, in a sense, that would be, yeah, if you keep doing what you're doing. All right. That's cool. More than I can, do that. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> uh, my, my last question for you is my mission statement reframed as a question. So how do you use your difference to make a difference? Uh, by example, creating mm -hmm. opportunities, but for others, by example, um, if it's, a, a you know, someone that works with me, son's a little bit, you know, searching, which he should be at the age of 18. I can give him examples of, uh, what a proper search results in. And, um, I've had a very different career and that example, I think gives some people, um, confidence to take a different path. There you go. Peter Zaccanino, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, this was awesome. I hope we get to do it again. Yes, please. Yes, please. Cool. Uh, happy holidays. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing your face on TV one of these days. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. Kings, Queens, and Royalty. Until next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.